Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is today's Gospel reading. It actually needs to be read in context, which means backing up a chapter, because when the religious leaders were challenging Jesus over his authority, Jesus decided to teach them three stories or three parables. Perhaps you heard messages on them last Sunday, I'm not quite sure. But he talked about the parable of the two sons, then he talked about the parable of the tenants, and then he told this third parable, which you heard in the Gospel reading, the parable of the wedding feast. Now, while there are some aspects of this third parable that may not have made a whole lot of sense when you heard it read before, those who heard Jesus tell these stories knew exactly what he was talking about. In fact, it's quite often when Jesus finished a parable, the scribes and the Pharisees kind of said one to another, I think he's talking to us. And I hope and pray today that as we go through this text, you might think to yourself, I think he might be talking about us. This parable is a warning to everybody who hears it. It's a warning about not missing out what God has in store for you. Unless you miss it, Jesus said that the relationship with God is like a banquet. It's a, it's a party. It's a huge celebration. Now, this may come as a surprise to some of you because maybe you're one of those kind of people that I've met from time to time, those people who were baptized in vinegar at a very young age. And church is the last thing that they would ever think of as being a party or a banquet. They think of church and everything goes with it more like a funeral. Now, like I said, you may have met people like that. Oh boy, church tomorrow. Or maybe they're the kind, I remember kind of doing this when I was young too. I'd walk into church on Sunday and look forward and see, oh, communion on the altar. This is going to take forever. But see, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he's talking about a banquet. He's talking about a party. Because a relationship with God, not only in the future in heaven, but right here and now, is something to celebrate. It's a cause for joy and happiness. And it's something that we don't want to miss out on. And so that leads us to the message that our text wants to tell us today. And that is that God has invited all of us to a banquet feast. Now, it's not, like I said, merely something we're going to look forward to someday in heaven. It is symbolic of the Christian life, the life that you and I are living right now. See, God has invited us to a personal relationship with him and a holy, empowering relationship with one another. He would like to see our lives be a life of celebration. And the purpose of this parable is to help us and encourage us to experience it fully. Now, there are several things that this parable teaches us, and here's the very first thing. It teaches us that there's more than one way to miss God's purpose for your life. Or put another way, there's one way to miss out on the party. One more way that we could reject Jesus in the gospel, and that's what we see in this parable. A king prepares this big wedding feast. It's for his son. And all people are asked to attend, but they rejected him in three different ways. Maybe maybe you'll see yourself in this parable today. Some people were apathetic. They just didn't care. King sends out this wonderful invitation, and then in verse 5, this is their response. 
but they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, catch up on farming, another to his business. They simply were not interested. They could not be bothered with having to go to a party. You know, this is the way that some people actually miss out on God's purpose for their life. They don't hear God's offer because they don't care to listen. They're more into their work. They're more into their life. They're more into themselves. Uh, They're more interested in accumulating stuff. And anything else is, well, it's kind of boring. They're too apathetic to consider what God wants to do in their lives. How about you? Are you apathetic? Don't really care about being part of God's party now and forever? Well, I hope not. Well, there's a second way. There are some people just out and out hostile. Verse 6, the rest of them seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. Can you imagine that, being invited to a party and gathering all your neighbors who are also invited to the party and say, Oh, this stinks. Let's go kill someone. I mean, that makes no sense at all. I mean, you're invited to this big party. You can eat all you want. I got an ox. I got fatted calf. I'm, I'm paying for everything for this party. And yet some of these people respond to this invitation with, uh, with anger and violence. And, and believe it or not, this is the way some people actually respond to God when he invites them to his eternal banquet. They get a little bit belligerent. They get a little bit testy. Give you a couple examples. I have a friend of mine who told me that he accidentally left his Bible uh, in the break room at work, and when he went back later, he found out that someone had thrown it into a trash can. Now, I wonder, would they have done that with any other book? See, when some people hear the gospel sitting on an airplane, and somebody finally turns to me and says, So, what do you do for a living? And I say, Well, <clears throat> I'm a pastor. And they take their newspaper and open up and turn away. That's why more often than not I say, well, I'm a shepherd. And they kind of go, you don't smell like one. But see, what some people just respond to the gospel, to this, this message negatively. Now, maybe it was because they had a preacher when they were young that they didn't like or they didn't think like them. You know, he was too tough on them in confirmation or... Maybe it's because they got their knuckles wrapped by some school teacher in a Christian school somewhere along the line. Or maybe it's because people in church don't greet them with a big smile every Sunday when they see them in church. But, you know, who knows why people react this way to invitations. But no matter the reason, that's a very tragic response. Because God is offering us a life of joy. He's offering us a life of peace. And some people, well, first of all, they're not interested But second of all, it just makes them angry. There's a third group of people here in this parable. Some were simply uncooperative. And this this is the part of the parable that maybe when it was read before, you kind of wondered, what on earth was all of this about? Because it doesn't make much sense to us. After people have been brought in from the highways and the byways to attend the banquet, the king spots one man who does not have on his wedding clothes. Verse 12, he said, How did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now I have a feeling the very first time I ever saw that story or heard that story when I was in grade school, I kind of went, whoa. (laughs) what, What does that mean? I mean, a guy gets invited to a wedding banquet, to a party, 
at the last minute and he gets tossed out in his ear because he doesn't, he doesn't have a tux on? Is that what this is all about? I mean, that hardly seems fair. But guess what? That's hardly the point either. And by the way, Andrew, I heard this one time in seminary. I don't know whether you heard it, but I, I was told that the point of this was that uh, you were always supposed to wear a suit to church. So, uh, uh, it, so if we don't come to church dressed appropriately, God doesn't want us there. Uh, there's a Greek word for that, baloney. <clears throat> but that's not the point either. So what is the point of this not having a wedding garment off? Well, scholars tell us that uh, at such feasts, wedding clothes were often provided for the people who showed up. It's kind of like when you go to a nice restaurant and it says, you know, jacket and tie required, and you don't have one, they actually give you one. Now, this is not a case of a poor man who didn't have nice clothes to wear. It's a proud man who would not show proper respect to the guy throwing the party. He came to the banquet, he showed up, but he was not willing to cooperate. He came to the banquet, but he wore his work clothes, not his wedding clothes. And he came to the banquet, he wanted to take part, yet he did not want to fully commit to the process. Now, this is where I think it lands a little bit closer to home. Because this is how many people miss out on God's purpose for their life. They come to church, they're here every week, but they never really fully engage themselves in God's kingdom. It's kind of like, Pastor, I'm here, now don't bother me. See, most of the surface appearance of their life is quite respectable. They may serve on boards and committees. Uh, They may have some Christian books. They may actually own some Christian CDs. But their hearts are pretty far from God, and they're never really serious about it to become fully committed to Him. Or we might say what I've heard Pastor Sippy talk about lately, they're just plain simple, not all in. Now, I've seen it this way in many churches. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, Maybe a softball team. You know, one advantage of having a church softball team is that some people will get involved with that team and eventually develop a relationship with Jesus. But one inherent risk in that softball team is that some people will only come to play on the softball team and will never go any further. Or maybe you have a dynamic music ministry and and somebody will come and they will play the praise and worship music and they will experience the presence of God in their lives. But one risk is also that some people will just plain simple get involved with music because they like playing music. And their commitment doesn't go much deeper than that. See, the same could be said for just about every area of church life. Some people just want to be there for the buffet. Uh, they, They don't really want to fully cooperate. They don't want to wear the wedding clothes. Now, today, I don't know who I'm really talking to other than to myself because... Believe it or not, virtually every sermon I ever write, I find it pointing back to me. I may not be talking to too many people today who are apathetic, who don't really care. And I may not be talking to too many people who are just out and out hostile. Chances are you're not here. But I do know that I'm talking to some people, and to some degree I'm also talking about myself, who fall into category three. You kind of want to be a part of the banquet, but sometimes you just don't want to wear 
your wedding clothes. You want to attend, but you don't want to really cooperate. You really don't want to commit. And in doing so, you find yourself almost rejecting God's invitation and you're beginning to miss out on the purpose for your life. Now, this is where we all, and I say all, and when I mean say all, I'm including myself, we all need an attitude adjustment from time to time. Now, symbolically, what does it mean to come to a wedding feast dressed in wedding clothes? Well, it means that you approach God's work in your life with a spirit of reverence. You come with a spirit of respect, a spirit of cooperation, a spirit of commitment. You start praying prayers like the prayer that I often pray before I come to worship. And it's, God, I am here to be on your team. And I'm going to be a team player. But more than that is even to remind myself on a daily daily basis that I don't want to miss out on God's purpose for my life. Now, there's a lot of ways to miss out on it. I shared some with you. But there's only one way to get in, and that is a full-on no holds barred, all in commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and all that he wants to do with his people in and through his church. Now, I don't know where you are today, but I would challenge you wherever you are to continue to move forward in that direction. I mean, there's one more than one way to miss out on God's purpose. And that's the first lesson in this parable. Here's the second lesson. The call of God in your life is not based on your past. See, the king hosted a banquet, and the people he invited didn't come. So he widened that scope of his invitation. And in verses 9 and 10, he says, Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you will find. So the servants went into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Now, I hope you caught that. He invited both the good and who? The bad. Now, I want to remind you of something. I want you to realize something. There's an old cliche, maybe you've heard it before, but it's true, and it's important for us to remember, and it's this. The church is not a museum for saints. It is a hospital for sinners. When the doors of this building are open, when any Christian church opens its doors, we don't say, you know, only the holy people, only the righteous people, only the good people are welcome here. All the rest of you stay out of here. We don't say that. Rather, we open the doors of our church and we say to the community, you know, everyone is welcome here at Redeemer. Everyone is welcome here at St. John's. Everyone is welcome here at Emmanuel. Everyone is welcome here at Lord of Life. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you come from because we are going to receive you and God will receive you too. See, God continually... Passes out invitations to those people on the highways and the byways. To those people whose clothes may not be particularly clean. Who may not be scrubbed up and quite look like you and I do on a Sunday morning. But why does he do that? It's because God can clean you up. Now some people I know say, well it's too late for me. I've sinned too much. God would never have anything to do with me. You remember that Greek word I shared with you before? (laughs) Baloney. (laughs) Baloney, or if you want it in Hebrew, nonsense. Uh, Yeah, I'm multilingual this morning. I mean, just don't, just don't believe that, that thing. Because God's invitation is for everyone. He says, come, join my celebration. Enjoy it down here, and guess what? It's going to be even better when you get up there. 
See, if you're not clean, God will make you clean. You know, many of you were washed clean at a baptismal font, maybe years ago, maybe recently, where he washed away your sins. I mean, if you're not worthy, he will make you worthy. See, none of us, though, is worthy. None of us is clean, and that's why we need his grace. That's why we need God's love. That's why we need God's mercy. This parable, like I said, teaches us that there's more than one way to miss out on God's purpose, but there's only one way to get in on it, and that is through that commitment, that complete commitment to him. See, God's call is not based on your past. It's based on his mercy. Romans chapter 5, a wonderful verse, verses 6 to 8, make this abundantly clear. It says, for while we were still weak, and he's talking about you and me, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Do you know who that is? That's you and that's me. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For us. Here's the third lesson. Your response to God's call determines your future. In other words, the ball is in your court. God's extended the invitation. How are you going to respond? Will you respond with apathy or with passion? Will you respond with hostility or with joy? Will you respond with a spirit of non-cooperation? Or are you all in? Or will you join in with a no-holds-barred level of commitment? See, friends, the King of Kings has issued an invitation to his banquet feast. It doesn't really make any difference uh, about the past, your past or my past, because the invitation goes out to everybody. It goes out both good and bad, but what does matter is the future, and that's your future, my future. And your future is really based upon the decision you make when you are called by the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of you have never really answered that invitation. I mean, I don't even assume that anymore. I've been preaching so long. I just plain simple do not assume anymore that everybody that sits in a pew on a Sunday morning is saved or has made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. I mean, you can sit in church all day long and you will never just automatically become a Christian any more than standing in your garage makes you a Hyundai Sonata. I mean, like they say, you can sit in McDonald's all day. It will not make you a Big Mac. Eat enough of them, it might make you a Big Mac, if that's your first name, Mac. But see, today is your opportunity to kind of move to the next level of commitment in your life. And it's kind of interesting. We had a stewardship message this morning. That's a level of commitment, isn't it? It's a part of being all in. It's time to say, God, I don't want to miss out on your purpose for my life. I don't want to miss out on all the joy you have for me in store in and through this church and in my relationship with you. And boy, I can't even wait to get to heaven to have even a bigger party. Today, I'm giving you my all. I am going to be all in. Now, if you make that decision, I think what you discover is the banquet is better than anything you ever imagined. The feast is greater than anything you could have ever thought of. Now, I posted something on Facebook the other day about, I always put something about, tomorrow, here's a little bit of my message, kind of a teaser. I got a message back from somebody named Linus Elisha. Now, you don't know who Linus Elisha is. He's a Nigerian pastor, lives in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. I met him maybe a dozen years ago when I was preaching and teaching in Nigeria. 
And he, he wrote me back and he said, Dr. Kolb, when I read about the feast and how great it will be to be part of God's kingdom, this is all I could think of. And I want to read you what he said. God is inviting you to a party so that he can refine, rescue, retrace, refuel, refill, refire, refresh, restore, reinstate, refurbish, release, rescue, redesign, reschedule, reshape, recast, remodel, reforge, and refloat your destiny both here and in heaven. Yes, friends, God is calling us to a great life. A life of celebration in his kingdom, both now and in the future. The question is, will you be there? And will you bring a few folks along with you? Are you all in? May God bless you in that journey. Amen. This time we'll gather together our tithes and our offerings. <clears throat>